0: Hello and welcome to the SmackDown review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the dadly boys, Michael <laughs> Cedric yeah. from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for Daily Wrestling Podcasts, where we're not going to review SmackDown, but also uh, the show formerly known as NXT 2. But Oh. oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, Pay Per Views, Premium Live Events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week. Complete the good Quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Friday Night SmackDown. And Michael, was this the best episode of SmackDown ever? No, it just had the Rock on. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah, it I'm just, incredibly biased. It yeah. just
1: had the Rock on it, and thank Christ for the Rock. Um, I was really livid with Hamlet last week. It's like, oh, Will Born's finally back off paternity. It means that I can just watch SmackDown in digest form and not have to make notes or, you know, yeah. really pay attention to it because I don't have to review it. And then, you know, Mr. Pat Timer over <laughs> here takes yet another day
0: off. What's I've he had doing? a child and had less days off than he has this year. <laughs> What's he doing?
1: What is this man doing to me? Um, but no, uh, completely shocked.
0: Did you, yeah, did you see it? Because I, I missed I I miss all the chat on Twitter about this.
1: I knew nothing in like on a Friday. I'm just usually done in. Yeah. Like absolutely knackered. So I tend to just put something on, fall asleep 30 minutes into it, and then go, oh, time to go upstairs then. And then try and watch it again the next night. Yeah. Uh, for me, on Friday, that was Michael Mann's Thief.
0: Ooh, it was Air for me, the uh, shoe film, I suppose. All right. The uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon one. Weird to be like, yeah, let's go, shoe guys. But it was it's good. Really. Thief's. Excellent. Is it? I want mean, to like check that out. The aesthetic.
1: Tangerine Dream. Basically, the cheat code for an 80s film is A, produce a film in the 80s because it was the golden age of cinema. Agreed. B, put Tangerine Dream on the soundtrack. Ooh, yeah. I love Tangerine Dream, made Just the, the mood that they convey
0: is just, you know, it's goaded. Air's uh, soundtrack's pretty good actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's Obviously, the same sort of time period as Jordan's coming up. The Tangerine Dream, do it. I don't think I'm not sure if Tangerine Dream made it on there, but mm, it's not goated then.
1: And then I watched um, Kick- not, bo-
0: we, we have to say goated in this room, by the way, because we're not allowed to say it. We're not, not allowed to say it, apparently. I give uh, my wife the ick when I say goated, and I'm just banned from saying it at home.
1: Yeah, that and <coughs> And then I watched a uh, half an hour of Kickboxer last night. Ooh. Some of my favorite films, Some of my absolute favorite films. That's it is like good and so bad it's good, yeah. Just an absolutely incredible picture. You know, it's not a particularly good film. Like, it's got the most obvious. Something bad is going to happen to this character (laughs) in the first 15 minutes to
0: establish the story where it's like, have you ever seen it? No, I don't think I've actually... I think I've seen bits, because obviously it's a classic, but I don't think I've ever... That's on the list. Tremors is still on the list. You have to watch
1: Tremors. That's the. It's not so bad, it's good. It's just the best film ever. The most, It's perfect cinematic. It must be
0: on some streaming services. So
1: Kickboxer up. is so on the nose, right? Where, oh God, it's just such a beautifully dumb, good, fist-pumping film. Most of it, anyway. And um, so I... So it's basically Jean-Claude Van Damme mm-hmm. plays um, a kickboxer. Oh, yeah. But he's sort of drawn into the world of corrupt kickboxing in Thailand because he... Um, Seconds, his brother, who's the more famous kickboxer of the siblings, to um Thailand, where they say, Oh, you know, that's where the real kickboxers yeah. are. And then like he's like, Oh, I'll kick all their asses, I'll kick all their asses, and I'm like, I'm pretty certain something bad's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. to you. And um, he's going around and like you know, he's getting with all the chicks. Nice, and he's like, I don't want to make it with a champ. It's like I'm the champ, I'm the best. And like, so, well, it's the first five minutes of the film, yeah. so I'm not convinced that you are.
0: Can't wait to see these two brothers have a nice 90 minutes together.
1: Yeah, and then like they do the same, um, so the establishing where you kicks our kicks ass in America, and then he gets you know asked, Do you want to go to Thailand? Cause that's where the best ones are. He's like, Yeah, I'll kick all the asses there as well on the champ. But I don't think you'll be the champ for very long, <laughs> uh, Mr. Sloan. And then, spoilers, you should watch Kickboxer, it's goaded. Uh, go to uh, Thailand, and um, there's this song that plays, which is all the lyrics are basically. This guy's the king of the world. And it's like, oh, well, it's five minutes in. (laughs) It's like walking down the streets of Siam. It's like walking down the streets of Siam. And I'm the champ. And nothing bad's going to happen to me. And everyone loves me because I'm the champ. I'm like, oh, my God. He's probably going to get paralyzed on the waist down (laughs) in a really horrific kickboxing match. And he does. And it's like the most on-the-nose thing ever, except the introduction of the antagonist. is like so well shot. It's it's popcorn film is what it is. Mm. Genre... Silliness, but the actual introduction of Tong Po is like it's cinema. The way it's lit, the cinematography, like the 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 Foley. Go and watch kickboxing. I'm, I'm gonna watch
0: that on my lunch break, and we'll circle back to this for like the raw preview later of the introduction of what's his name, Tong Po. Oh, I'm excited now. see it's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so what I was driving at after that detour
1: was, um. Yet yeah, usually I'm just so tired that. I just don't want to review SmackDown. Yeah. So thank God for The Rock.
0: (laughs) I just honestly... I just want to talk about
1: films sometimes, you know?
0: I said this to to Andy this morning. Saturday mornings are less of a line than they used to be, I'll be honest, in the World born household. Um, And I I was kind of saying, I was like, oh, I'll catch up on SmackDown because I don't don't like going on socials and and getting things spoiled for me. Little did I know. So the show opens uh, and um, the announcer, not... Not Corey Graves, not Michael Cole. There's three of them now. Yeah. It's like a three-man booth. And uh, the third one is uh, Kevin Patrick. Uh, it welcomes everyone to the show. Pat McAfee comes out. Huge pop already in the Wilborn household. Uh, he grabs a microphone. He talks about loving the Mile High City. I've got a question about this a little bit later on. I need something explained for me. Right, okay. I'm uh, happy They were in Denver, Colorado, weren't they? Um, and, uh, yeah, he... he does his usual shtick. He uh, describes SmackDown as the greatest wrestling show to ever be on television. And I mean, (coughs) folks, where's the lie? It's dynamite. Uh, He welcomes everyone to Friday Night SmackDown. But here comes Austin Theory. Oh, no. (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, He says, actually, it's it's not SmackDown. It's uh, Austin Theory Live. Um, which is definitely not the greatest wrestling show on television. Uh, and he says, you, uh, you people up here, you're so bloody high up in the, in the country, land, land mass, etc. cetera. You don't get enough oxygen to your brain, probably. Good one. Um, he says, there's nothing I can't do. I've got unfinished business with you. Uh, well, actually, you piss off college cover college football. Uh, and he says, yeah, you're going to go back to your show injured, just like, Chex knows, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah? And everyone boos, of course. Uh, And McAvee's like, you're not going to do a damn thing. Uh, They go back and forth about looking like each other wearing black tank tops, basically. Uh, And then McAvee said, I've just been enjoying Colorado's laws, and I don't want to fight. What what could he possibly be referencing there? Colorado's laws? Right, okay. So in Colorado, Mm -hmm.
1: as is the case with, I believe, more than one state in the U.S., Mm. they... They have legalized or decriminalized uh, the use of cannabis. Oh! The um, soft drug which people imbibe to give themselves a relaxed, creative, sort of chilled out feeling.
0: (laughs) Oh,
1: it's the alien! Hello, brother.
0: This is the NXT
1: crossover episode. How are you doing, man? Is, <laughs>
0: that, is, that, is that the alien saying, I'm stoned really. Yes. Ah, good. I'm is learning the, the language. Alien, the alien likes to get high. Yeah. Uh, NXT preview and review coming away later on this week. He's already just be floating and out the alien. Yeah. <laughs> He's
1: not bound by your sort of tangential understanding of time and space.
0: Pat McAfee brings up how disrespectful Siri is to everyone. He says, This isn't your show. This is the people's show. You know what that means? And I thought, where are we going here? And the fucking rocks music hit. <laughs> And literally, I've got so I've got Eric on my chest, right? He's just gonna <laughs> <you laughs> throw him out the window. <laughs> I see, I literally, I, he's, he's sort of half asleep next to me. And I go, What? Like that, and go, and I was like. This isn't just them playing his music and some bellend's going to come out with like a skull cap on, is it? And then he came out and I was like, well, this is the best Smackdown I've ever seen. Cool. Because uh, I had no idea. Even like... better than ones he was on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing like good stuff. It's very much recency bias yeah. in the Wilborn household. The Rock comes out. Uh, you've probably seen this on social media because how could you have possibly missed it? huge pep, of course. It's The Rock. Um, he takes his sweet time coming down to the ring and... Trust me, we'll reference that a little bit later on when some of the matches are like, and let's Uh, get to the finish. There it is, up. (laughs) And uh, we get holy holy chance. But obviously, the sensors have to block that out. Not the only thing they had to do on this show. Um, And before he can say anything, Theory's like, do you even know what you're doing here? You're in my ring. Uh, I run this place basically whilst you've been gone. And The Rock, in a thing that's no doubt going to be uh, in response to anyone presented an argument that other people don't like on social media for the next six months, tells him to shut his bitch ass up. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> uh, he does the... Hus- He's well, let, let's get... You know. You don't know how everything works, Austin. Here's what we need to do. We need to do the usual thing. Finally, The Rock has come back to Denver. Rocky Chance, of course. Theory tries to do it. F- finally, it's bollocks. Um he says, oh, look, rockin' Austin one more time. Are we still recording? We're still recording. It just looks like it's stuck. No, it's just, it's just uh, the new setup that we've got Oh Okay, there. We're okay. Good. Uh But yeah, he, uh, he says, oh, rockin' Austin one more time. But it's a, a better Austin, actually. If anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he says, one day I'm going to be so great, I'm going to be the entire man Rushmore. Uh, I'll take that bet. Tell you what, I'm glad that you have
1: uh, sort of said that line and recapped it. I, on Thursday, okay, published an article you can still read on uh, whatculture.com slash WWE entitled Devastating Acts of Self-Sabotage That Ruined Wrestling Careers. And one of the entries was As- Austin Aries. And I put over his in-ring mm-hmm. and then basically laid out the reasons why, you know, he's, he doesn't really have a career anymore of any renown. And my opening line... Because Austin Aries has got such an incredibly high opinion of himself. My first line in that article published on Thursday last week before SmackDown, which was broadcast on Friday, was if Austin Aries was asked who was on his Mount Rushmore, (laughs) he would put himself on there four times.
0: Just saying. Yeah. The Rock uh, tries to respond to this Mount Rushmore comment, and Theory steals his catchphrase. It doesn't matter what The Rock says. The Rock's like, yeah, "Very good." Um, it does matter why, so though, actually, um, and it matters what the people say. Uh, and if the real Austin was here, he'd beat your ass with hell. Yeah, uh, He says, "Look, SmackDown's the Rock show. The people rule here. Uh, it's appropriate that uh, Theory, you're from a town since you're an a-hole." And in three seconds, half the arena is going to chant, you are. And the other half is going to chant, an asshole. And they do. And then they switch sides. And you can't hear any of it because the FCC or whatever it is in America. Suits. This goddamn. The FCC won't let me be, huh?
1: <laughs> asshole.
0: <laughs> the wrong, I've got a theory of my own. Um, and uh, my theory uh, about you is that uh, you... Running people down doesn't work. And in three bloody seconds, I'm going to kick your ass. How about that? And he does his three, two, but before he gets to one theory, tries to get in a shot first. He attacks. Doesn't work. Gets beat up. Spine buster. Huge people's elbow. Pat McAfee done what does one as well. Uh, and then you get the pose of, of Pat and The Rock to close out the segment. What an opening. I mean, this opening was,
1: first of all, it was goaded. Second of all, it was terrible. But. <laughs> yeah. but, 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 but. but. Here's the thing with The Rock. If you deconstruct almost everything he's ever done yeah, and you have it written down on a paper and recapped, you think, that's a terrible idea. Yes. That's a terrible idea. Why are you running down all your opponents? you meant to build them up. Isn't that what literally every wrestling head says? If you beat someone who you think is crap, then you've just beaten someone who's crap. But doesn't matter. It's The Rock. He's literally... No, I hate to do the word play. He's literally so electrifying that he can break all the rules of wrestling and be one of the most generational drawing talents ever involved in wrestling because he's just simply so good. I just enjoyed looking at him. Mm. I just enjoyed basking in his presence. And again, as I'm saying, if you deconstruct it all, what he's done here is done some pretty poor. That's not poor. It's incredibly effective because the entire arena is going mental for it. What I hated about this, it's just as well I couldn't hear. It's just as well it was all chopped to buggery. Because you are an asshole. Shouldn't you have said, and I'm critiquing The Rock here, you're an Yeah. Asshole, you're an Not you are an asshole. It would have sounded terrible, but it doesn't matter if it didn't sound particularly great. Because everyone in the building is doing it because they're all besotted by The Rock. Yeah, he got
0: someone to chant years back, popcorn fart, didn't he? Oh, he's, he's had some... Rubbish. rubbish. Some of his T-shirts over the years were... Was it How's Your Lips or something? Uh, Kung Pao Bitch.
1: Yeah. Absolutely abysmal. But, you know, it's... He's got this knack of just... What was it? Baron Corbin pattern was abysmal as well. Yeah. And speaking of Baron Corbin, like... Where's Baron Corbin now? The greatest will in the world. Like, I've heard he's actually an alright guy. Yeah. Um, But he's not over. He's on NXT. And for a while, he was like, the theory... He was the guy yeah. who was getting verbally banded off by The Rocks. Hey, it's a rub, kid. And he was the guy who was being positioned, despite the fact that the fans weren't interested in him remotely as like the next one of the next best things in the company. He's basic Austin Theory is basically
0: PWGified Baron Corbin. Yeah, I did see a lot of people on Twitter being like, everyone said that Austin Theory sucks, but uh, he's had his ass kicked by Stone Cold the Rocky John Cena. I
1: love that. Oh so, uh, yeah, you know. You know why I know that Austin Theory is um, going to be the new face of the company, and they're really pushing him. It's because he gets called a <laughs> every week. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm very certain did like Rene Dupree get the, put through the same sort of ringer, and he wasn't exactly like. Oh, listen, there's the next world champ right there.
1: Yeah, I, I just love this mindset that uh So Vince McMahon's called him an idiot. Um, he's got his He's got stunned by Austin getting verbally incinerated by The Rock. John Cena said that, you know, you're just a theory. Mm -hmm. You haven't shown me anything. They're telling you that you're somebody... Absolute
0: bottle job with a briefcase. Yeah. Like,
1: they are all but saying he's the biggest loser in the world. (laughs) He's never going to make it. Doesn't have the charisma, the intangibles, the personality, the aura, and he's just a project. And everyone's going, this guy's it. It's so warped, but... I didn't care because it's The Rock. Yes. It's fundamentally the most stupid thing ever, this SmackDown opening. But I don't care because I just
0: like to listen to The Rock, even when he's doing pretty poor patter. It's just the sheer force of this man's personality. Before we move on, and I sense this is a topic we'll probably circle back to in the next uh, nine months, six months or so. What does this mean for WrestleMania? Well, because this is all the people they were like, oh my God, The Rock's back. Wait a second, The Rock's back. Yeah, it's... It
1: would. I'm sorry. I've been checked out of this company for a long, long time. So permit me some schadenfreude. It would be extremely funny. I love Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. I think he should have won at WrestleMania 39. He's the face of the company. He's kind of like Teflon to any kind of bad booking or mid booking because he's made it and everyone just profoundly respects him. And he's just an amazing baby face as well. All that said, it would be so funny if WWE were unable to help themselves and go, right, okay, well, you know what we've done? We've done something that in over a decade people never thought would happen because for over a decade, they've parachuted in every year, whether it's Lesnar, Taker, Triple H for one match a year, um, The Rock, Austin. Batista, we would have a Batista. They have at least once per year relied on a part-time star who can do it just about for one match per year to make WrestleMania feel like WrestleMania. It would be so them <laughs> if they finally get to a point where I didn't think the words WWE and resurgence could ever be used in the same sentence. That's how bad things got. You just thought, that's impossible. Um They finally enter this resurgence period where they build full-time stars, where they get hotter than they've been in years and years and years. Through getting people over who are there every year, like imagine saying that in like 2018, you'd think need chance, mm. need chance. It would be very them if when they finally arrive at this position, they go, "All right, okay, we'll just do the rock, though." Because <laughs> he's the rock, um, I will say, like it would just be funny if basically what the rock's doing here is scabbing. <laughs> yeah, let's call like you know, let's just call it like I see it. If there is no writer strike, this doesn't happen. If there is no writer strike, John Cena doesn't turn up. It's I'll give them credit for being workers because what a loophole this is. They are appearing on a national television show. Like they are getting their name out, they are getting compensated for it. That is non-union. And the fact that it's they're not crossing a line and doing union sort of they're not doing union things.
0: Yeah, I think like I want to. I'm gonna double check this because I don't want to bad manner. Yeah, Drew Barrymore is potentially yeah. starting up a show again. I think
1: she's basically consulted with her PR firm, and the latest is that all right, okay, I'm not gonna do it actually. Yeah. Um. So technically, The Rock is not crossing any lines here, any picket lines, because he's doing non-union stuff, and they've got the excuse of well, you know, WWE made me. Time to give back. Yeah. During a time of a strike. <laughs> when I'm, I've got nothing else in the calendar. Yeah, and I'm scraping around for the baggy duster spotlight <laughs> as I put it on Twitter. So it's Scarborough Jason stuff from The Rock and John Cena. Very cheeky. Someone else made this point on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. What a play by The Rock. He's had a surveyed his you know, surroundings, what he can do, what he can't do. And um, John Cena has acted as the canary down the mine. Good point, yeah. And I can't remember who made it. This isn't my take, but he said, right, is that canary dead? No, still alive, right? Okay, if you smell... (laughs) Hey, what a worker. Like In every sense of the word, he's probably the best worker of all time. Um, And I just very much enjoyed watching his technically bad segment on SmackDown because he was in it.
0: Yeah, it's The Rock. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, And I'll say this about WrestleMania, right? Because I have... In, in recent months, defended WWE's decision to not put the title on Cody at WrestleMania 39. You're proven
1: right by how hot the bloodline got yeah. in the months after Mania.
0: Uh, it's gone a bit off the rails now. We'll get into that a little bit later. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to finish. <laughs> yeah, um, finished. And I 100% agree with you. They, if they, they, well, they haven't done it at 39. By God, they have to put the world title, the world title, not the Seth Rollins one, on Cody Rhodes, the main event of WrestleMania... You said SummerSlam, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, I'm a wrestling fan. I just moved the goalposts. Um, they have to do it at WrestleMania 40. Right. I agree. But <laughs> I am a huge fan of The Rock, and I'd quite like to see him wrestle live. I never got to see it, ever. And I saw someone pitching this on Twitter, and I can't remember who it is. I do apologize. It's been shared quite a few times. We talked a little bit about it on the news this morning as well. Someone suggested night one of WrestleMania, The Rock versus Roman Reigns for the world title or and for Tribal Chief, you know, family stuff, which again, someone pointed out on Twitter. <laughs> Rock's been very quiet about this for about three years and he said, actually, I think now's the time. For yeah, I don't think run. he
1: cares. No. Um oh, The Rock versus Jimmy Uso for who could be <laughs> the, he-
0: the Tribal Chief. I don't think The Rock cares. Night one, Rock, Rock versus Roman for the world title. And Cody versus John Cena, and then night two, the winner of those two matches, Cody and Roman, for the world title on night two, because there's a nice sort of symmetry to the big rumor in boxing right now that there was, or there potentially could be, a big like a mega card effectively, load of Saudi money being thrown out unsurprisingly. So you've got Tyson Fury, you've got Deontay Wilder, you've got... Alexander Usyk and you've got Anthony Joshua, and they've got all the world titles, and they're all the biggest, you know, most fascinating heavyweights. Um, sorry, Daniel Dubois, because he did kind of drop. And Alexander, doesn't matter. I'm getting. I'm getting. Off I don't the know royalty. who these people are. Uh, I know who two of them are. Yeah, but the the rumor is you have uh, Fury Usyk. It's not like they've been kickboxer. Yeah, <laughs> you have Fury Usyk and. Uh, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua on night one, and night two, the w- not necessarily night two, but subsequent to that, the winner of those two matches fight each other, and they're basically the undisputed world champion of boxing. So there's a nice sort of weird symmetry there. I'd be potentially okay with that, but I am incredibly biased because I'm a huge rock fan, but the caveat is also Cody has to finish the night, second night of WrestleMania 40 as world champion. Sorry to Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, who also deserve a main event of WrestleMania.
1: Three pretty unlikely things. Three things have to happen that on an individual basis aren't that unlikely. But together, it would require a lot of uh, political sort of thought. Roman Reigns to wrestle twice in two nights. Yeah. John Cena to do a job and The Rock to do a
0: job. Mm -hmm. Now... That is star aligning stuff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for those three things to happen in 48 hours, one of them could happen, two of them could happen, it's the three, I just, I doubt it, I doubt it.
0: It is going to be fascinating now, the road to WrestleMania. Depends how long
1: the strike goes.
0: Good point. Is it, so, do we want, the, well, we want the strikes to be over anyway? Uh, I want the strikes to be over. Solidarity. I miss watching uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers as well. Imagine saying, all
1: oh, right, okay, um, we can just get an AI to do your pods, so we're not going to give you any more money ever. Or you could potentially get replaced in a year. You'd, you'd fight your corner and I'm yeah. with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, good luck getting the AI that would copy this, but... I think uh, I might have just found it. Wait there.
1: Don't my <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, no! I
0: can't. I can't. Yeah. Done. I've created the machine that's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Soundboard <laughs> uh, took your job, Daddy.
0: Uh, right, let's get back to the show and rattle through the rest of it, just like <laughs> WWE did, basically. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor, AJ Styles. Um, the story of this match was basically uh, AJ Styles uh, kind of was in control, or was getting the better of Finn Balor. But of course, uh, it's not just Finn Balor out there. Uh, there was also uh, Damian Priest and Dirty Dom, and of course, uh, collectively, they're, they're in the fucking judgment yeah. day <laughs> Um so at one point, Styles gets Balor up. Dirty Dom jumps on the apron. Um, and that allows Bala to rake the eyes. But Styles comes back, face plants, Balor gets a two count. Um Balor gets sent outside off the back of a Feynman's carry backbreaker. Styles does that slingshot forearm out on the floor. Um he uh drops Dirty Dom whilst he's out there as well. But he gets on the apron after he's got um Balor back in, goes for the phenomenal forearm. Damien Priest just grabs his leg. That's a DQ, isn't it? Yeah, but the ref was like, uh, "No, not this time." Uh, instead, I'm just going to not the script. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm just going to not the flawed script. <laughs> I'm just going to kick uh, Dom and Priest out from ringside, and you think, finally, it's a level playing field. Um, but then uh, Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm. The time it's taken. Balor's got enough to recover and dodge that at least. Jimmy Uso shows up, distracts AJ, and Finn Balor rolls AJ Styles up for the one, two, three, and Jimmy just sits out on the floor looking very pleased with himself.
1: Uh, match of the night by some distance, and it was a gentleman's three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they weren't going crazy for this uh, match in Denver, and it was well wrestled, which is more than I can say for two of the other matches. And, uh, yeah. I uh, I don't know what Jimmy Uso's doing.
0: Oh, more on that later. More on
1: that later.
0: Uh, so The Rock and Pat McAfee are uh, chatting backstage. Rock turns around. <gasps> there's John Cena. More of a pop than when John Cena and Randy Orton did that spot at the Rumble, yeah. I suppose. Uh, and there's a little bit of tension. And they're like, yeah, ah, we've yeah, both got yeah. loads of money.
1: We've both got loads of money. I realized that I was being a massive hypocrite about you. I'm going to do the same <laughs> yes. thing. I was going to say, real, it's just, this is like, you know, the real recognise real. Mm. This is like Scarb recognise Scarb. <laughs> like, incredible poser recognises incredible
0: poser. Yeah. Hey. Hey. They're both stars. Yeah. Welcome back, they say to each other basically. Or one of them says, so I can't remember. Welcome home. Welcome home, sorry, yeah. So was it your
1: home when you could get work? Yeah. <laughs> when you can get better,
0: much less painful work for a lot more
1: money? Was mm. it your home then? <laughs> I don't mind. Get the hell out of there. Yeah. Get the f- out of there <laughs> and earn money without you know bumping daft. There's been a lot of swearing. I will not swear anymore.
0: That's all right. Or you might do because Jimmy Uso's is backstage next. Oh my god! Uh, Balor approaches him, thanks him for his involvement, uh, and Uso says, "Look, basically we're even uh, for that's For your help last week."
1: Well, well, uh, let's go through that again. I need every, I need this all explained to me like I'm five.
0: Bal Jimmy, sorry, Bala thanks Jimmy for obviously the match, the interference in the match there, and. uh... Jimmy says I oh, would just even now because you got involved with him last week with jumping in yeah, AJ yeah. styles etc uh and Bala mentions Jay and says look, I was on uh Raw offering a, a spot to your brother in a Judgment Day what if we got the Usos all the Usos in the Judgment Day um, and Which is uh, not the worst part of the story because they're trying to effectively run all of WWE Yeah, uh, Jimmy declines though um, but Bala says hey you know take it into consideration there's no leaders in this group there's no Roman, and uh, he walks off, and Jimmy looks a bit like, hmm. and then Paul ba- uh, Paul Heyman comes out of the, the shadows, looking up very concerned as he does every week. <laughs> they are just spinning their wheels. Oh right my now. god!
1: I mean, this is ridiculous. It gets worse later as well, doesn't it? Or is that the last we see of Jimmy Uso? Um, no, no, it's not the last we see of him. Okay, I'll talk about Jimmy Uso when we see the when we see the the end of him. Okay.
0: We go to the ring, uh, the LWO are in there, Rey Mysterio, of course, United States. This is States. really unintentionally funny, this. United States champion Rey Mysterio. He says, look, a year ago, my career was at a crossroads. Personally, I was going through one of the hardest times of my life. I was devastated, heart- was heartbroken, and then the LWO came through, uh, reminding me what family really represents, and now, of course, I'm a United States champion, and Santos Escobar gets on the mic and says, yeah, this, look at this family. We're, we're a, a, a champion family, And he, you know, you stepped up against Austin Theory when I wasn't available, Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm definitely happy because of that. Yeah, I'm pleased. If anything, Uh, and he said, "Look, my career dream has always been to wrestle you, Rey Mysterio, with a title on the line. Um, How about it? Me versus you, United States Championship." And Ray's a bit like, "Huh?" He's like. Ah, yeah, go on then. Me and you. He's going to betray him, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. They've told the story quite well. Um, Wilborn, it's not often I critique your
1: work. I think you're absolutely fantastic at it, which, again, was brought into focus when you were off on (laughs) fraternity because you are just so much better at hosting than I could ever dream to be. However, I don't think that you've really captured uh, um, the, the tone and how funny this title challenge was. If you've not watched SmackDown, if you listen to this podcast to catch up with WWE via us, I need to make it clear that Santos Escobar asked for a title shot of Rey Mysterio in exactly the same tone I asked my father-in-law if I could marry his daughter. (laughs) Wasn't it? Yeah. He was basically in the same tone and respectful, like, please.
0: Mm.
1: He was basically asking for, can I marry your daughter? Mm. But respectfully... I would please like it if I could have the if the can I have the United States title. It was, just, it was very amusing.
0: The trail is going to be so good. It's I, going I, to be.
1: It was funny in the art trying to do that I respect you profoundly. And look, after a lot remember when they just brought back Rain? He was just a
0: guy. Yeah.
1: They have done such a good job even if it's on the nose like this was of actually presenting him
0: like a wrestling legend as he should be presented. Uh anyway, but before they can go anywhere, Bobby Lashley's music hit. He comes out with the Street Profits. He says uh a few weeks back, we said we're taking over and after looking at these losers in the ring, it's going to be easier than I ever imagined. Uh, and um, Montez Ford uh, and Angelo Dawkins are saying, oh, it's bloody open there. You get an opportunity. You get an opportunity. Uh, and then Joaquin Wild says, let's have a better a cool fight then. Yeah. Uh, so it's him and uh, Cruz del Toro, still one of my favorite wrestling names, that uh, against the Street Profits. This went under a minute. It went to a break. We came back. The match was, I think, already in action. Uh, and then, Clearly, this was a match they were like, yeah, Dwayne's really screwed you on this one. So, literally, Whacking Wild comes off the top, misses. They hit their revelation. I think it's called finisher. One, two, three. Um, there's a little moment between Bobby Lashley and Rey Mysterio. And then uh, the Profits jump. Well, they jump the LWO. Well, they sorry, they jump the two members of the LWO that in the match and Santos and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> and it, my takeaway from this was, we tried to tell you that Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits are, he- are heels. You haven't taken that on board, mainly because you think you attacked the Good Brothers last time and no one could have cared about this. Yep. So we'll attack Rey Mysterio and you care about him. Yep. Um, I, there wasn't enough to even analyze
1: here. I will say that the Street Profits finishes is, uh, is goaded. And <laughs> there was a, a horrible bump. Ooh. Hip toss to the outside. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He almost broke his ankles. The Dawkins to Del Toro, maybe? I think so, yeah. Just he basically a hip toss out the ring.
0: Great. Uh, horrific landing,
1: yeah. but, you know, sickle like me loves that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. There's been a lot of talk of uh, Spike Dudley recently, Is understandably. It? With the... Oh, with you. Yeah. <laughs> just people referencing that, and uh, I don't know whether it's... like, what? That, <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. With the... Uh, I don't know whether it's just my phone listening to this or seeing what I'm reading or whatever. But uh, it pushed a clip of uh, off the brilliant Chris Van Vliet, who uh, interviewed Spike Dudley a while back, and I got reminded of him basically convincing the Undertaker to choke slam him onto the outside. He was a nutter, Spike Dudley, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. What a bump that is! Like a choke slam's bad enough. People don't appreciate you're going. You're jumping in the air, so someone slam you on your flat, flat back bump. I wouldn't do it in a ring with spongy stuff underneath, but just. Yeah, it's just concrete. We've got a bit of padding, but effectively, yeah. you're falling about 15 feet onto concrete. That was a, a lunatic a Spike Dudley. Uh, we get a package on the 2024 Royal Rumble uh, and a, a thing setting up the Miz versus L.A. Um, and... I, I think I like this match more than their pay-per-view match, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, it still wasn't great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was shorter, which probably
0: helped a That's great probably deal. probably yeah. Probably helped a great deal. So uh, LA Knight's in control early on. Miz begs off, but then, of course, gets, manages to ram LA Knight into the turnbuckle to take over. Miz um, is like jaw-jacking with the crowd. Uh, Knight gets out of a move, though. Hits a neck breaker and a bulldog from the second rope. But Miz comes back and face-plants Knight for a two-count. Sets up for his finish. Uh, Knight fights out of it Hits a clothesline Hits a Russian leg sweep Hits a DDT That gets everyone going Um, Miz comes back with his own DDT But Knight's actually grabbed the rope And didn't hit as hard as Miz has thought Um, So Miz just knees him And hits a sort of modified draping code breaker uh, For a two count Miz is pissed off at the referee That's not got the win Sets up for a kick Knight moves uh, Hits some punches. And then, just seemingly a bit out of nowhere, hit the uh, BFT for the one, two, three. His match has never really—you say
1: out of nowhere. His match has never hit that dramatic crescendo. Mm. It's just some wrestling moves get exchanged, and then he hits his finish. Like he's not good. But the good, the good part came afterwards because he got on the microphone. Yes, like he's just not that good. Like it's one thing to be like uh, probably the best example, the easiest one is modern day Roman Reigns, where the content is so minimal. And it's so repetitive, and yet he just knows exactly when to do very basic things. And he's such a star that it all gets over, all gets a reaction. So there is a way of being a really stripped-back wrestler, performer. who doesn't do a great deal, but it just means, everything means something. Like, it's weird because LA Knight's over before he steps foot into the ring. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really do anything. It's all about when, but it's just this it's all in the same gear. It's all very back and forth, and there's no thread. There's compelling thread that
0: I can get behind. And then just the finish happens. I was watching this. I completely agree, because I was so, watching this. So soulless in there. And I was thinking, what's, you know, I could list 5'10 of Rey Mysterio's moves, for example. It's not necessarily just unique to him, but signature moves yeah. of his. And I was watching this, and I thought, right, other than his finish what other moves does LA Knight have? And one of them is effectively the people's elbow. And I was like, well, you can't do that because you've had that in an opener. Yeah. And I thought, genuinely, I was racking my brains. And I love LA Knight. The only other one I can think of is that sort of slingshot shoulder block that he does from the, right, the apron. The thing is, he's actually got moves. We know this. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to do yeah. these 10, 15-minute wrestling matches. We know he has the moves, and it speaks volumes that you can never remember what they are. Mm. His matches are nothing.
1: Like, nothing happens in them.
0: Uh, but, yeah, he gets the mic afterwards. Uh, the crowd's loving Let me talk to you. Uh, everybody saying <laughs> He says he's coming for gold. Um, doesn't matter if it's Gunther, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, or Roman Reigns. Um, he says it's not just a catchphrase when I'm top two and I'm not number two. Well, everybody saying yeah, Good. I've
1: said it. There is literally one guy in that company not named Roman Reigns who Roman Reigns can have a singles match between now and WrestleMania, or I'll think, oh, I can buy the idea that WWE would be vaguely tempted to even entertain in a creative meeting. What if? What if? He's the only one left. And I'll say one thing, like, they've done a really good job of making you think, oh, well, tonight could be the night for such a long title reign. I mean, there's
0: been three. But that's still better (laughs) than none.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: glass half full today. Um, so it's always half empty. As LA Knight's walks into the back, you see Heyman and Solo <laughs> Sikoa watching. Um, and Heyman says, basically, Tribal Chief's not given the order to take out LA Knight yet. Um, but uh, he's, he's talking about Jimmy Uso. Um, he's there trying to cut deals with the Judgment Day. Uh, he thinks he's back in the bloodline, but he's not back in the bloodline. But he is, but he isn't. Uh, what? What? <laughs> um, he says, look, we can only make moves when Roman Reigns says so effectively. And Solo's like, it's all right, I know what I need to do. I'm going to finish it tonight. And he was like, finish what? And then, of course, Solo doesn't say anything because you have to stay and watch to the end of the show, see what happens. It's abysmal. Let's will we'll talk about Jimmy Uso for the last time I see him. Okay. Um, nice to see Pretty Deadly back. It's been a while. I think they were on a ec- ec- .com exclusive last week because I sc- sc- scat out that sort of thing because I love them. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Elton Prince rolls up onto uh, onto Adam Pearce. Uh, he's still got the shoulder injury, if you believe him. It's obviously going to be a yeah. Be he doesn't a, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, well, so, <laughs> Postman Pearce is like, so why are you in a wheelchair if the problem's your shoulder?" And they're like, "Oh no, there's emotional scars that you can't see actually, um, but they're going to be back before anyone knows it because obviously you're actually not actually injured anymore." And we get a yes boy, a yes boy. Uh,
1: again, written down. The dialogue in this segment was absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. He was going into really lyrical detail about his uh, injury and the trauma, and he was using metaphors and all the rest of it. And it's like, if you saw all of this written down, you're thinking that no one talks like this. No. It's abysmal, but it's so good for their career prospects that it works for them. They've just gamed this system. Yeah, They know what gets over. They know what this company likes. They can basically orate the swill and it makes weird sense within the context of their characters so they're made they are going to be made and I'm entertained by
0: them Bailey and Dakota Kai are backstage Mm. um Bailey's warming up um she said I had everything planned but EO and Asuka they're fighting for the world title of course next week going one-on-one I wasn't planning for that I don't know why EO challenged Asuka Dakota's like focus on your match you've got Asuka next uh, and then we got Asker versus Bailey. Not uh, so good, Al.
1: Depressing this. Really yeah.
0: depressing. Every, every time I write it down on my notes, Asker versus Bailey. It's it's like, again, the way this company moves or
1: doesn't move forward, like they break the rules of time. And these performers were at their peak seven years ago. Jeez. It never feels like that.
0: I mean, not round here. We knew exactly what was going to happen. It unless there was a DQ, it was obviously Asuka going to be winning because she's fighting for the world title yes. next week. And I am actually genuinely excited for the, for that match against EOS Sky. Um, but yeah, uh, Asuka goes up top. Missile drop kicks Bailey to the outside, but Bailey on the outside. Laws are in. Takes control. Go to break. Come back. Uh, Asuka's fighting back. She snatches an armbar out of nowhere. Bailey gets out of it. Asuka hits a German suplex. Again, goes for another armbar. Bailey has to roll to the outside. Um, Again, she takes advantage. Throws Asuka around. Sets her up on the commentary table. And then out of nowhere, Shotzi pops up from the crowd and scares Bailey back into the ring where Asuka pins her with a backslide. And Shotzi and Asuka fist bump post-match. Did you
1: just review this match? I just zoned out. Yeah. Right, okay.
0: Um, this is worse than mediocre. It was mostly mediocre. It was complete. Yeah. I read my notes there, and I I forgot the entire match other than the finish. This was worse than mediocre. It was one of those. I'm watching some wrestling moves being exchanged in
1: front of a ambient hum, <laughs> yeah. of, of an arena. Why do people buy tickets for this? I do not get it. Um, but it was worse than mediocre because there were certain spots where I'm like, it was heartbreaking because I've had loads of investment in both of these performers, and you'd like to think, well, you know. Bailey's got to turn babyface at some point. Maybe it's not too late for Bailey to be what she was on NXT, on the main roster. And, you know, Asuka's always got a bit of a ripper in her. And yet I find this sort of mischievous Asuka character cringeworthy. I find that all of the danger she once exuded is completely evaporated. It's just sort of cringy, mischievous stuff now. And some of the actual work in this match bordered on appalling. Like,. At the very least, it was absolutely sloppy, jalopy, son-of-a-bitch stuff. Like <laughs> They do this, like, sort of signature Asuka reversal pin exchange Um, that Asuka just jumps into. Mm. She just jumps into getting pinned because that's the next part of the match. It doesn't feel like this really intricate technical wrestling where she's just been caught out. She just jumps into getting pinned. Then, deeper in the match... Um, Asuka is on the apron, Bailey attempts to cut her off, but then Asuka throws a forearm her way so she can get back into the ring and it misses by miles and mm. Bailey sells it and I'm thinking is this that weird TV head thing where it's like, it's only TV we're not obviously going to go like sort of pedal to the metal, let's put on a classic, let's go through the motions for a bit, it's TV, it's setting up a match for next week, the uh, This was so sloppy Mm. to the point where I'm thinking, is Bailey actually finished? That was (sighs) the last, and I hate to say that because what a monumental waste it would be. She still had this really great or very good career. It's not great. Let's use words where they, what they actually mean. But what a missed opportunity Bailey is. And I feel like now it's probably too late to ever. And we're, we're talking eight Yes, twenty fifteen was realistically the Bailey peak. Yeah. By twenty sixteen, she was already functioning to right, let's get Asuka over in NXT. Bailey, you can do that, and then go on to bigger things on the main roster. And outside of a total rescue job in twenty twenty. She can always say she had twenty twenty. She can always say me and Sasha saved this dump. <laughs> we me and Sasha saved this dump in twenty twenty. I didn't even like the the character worked that much, but a lot of people did, yeah. and their ratings for their match were just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They saved it to a lot of people. She so can always say that. Twenty fifteen, the Bailey character peaked eight years, and I'm still thinking it's always a surprise when I see the downfall. Mm. Maybe it
0: shouldn't be. This really wasn't good at all. I think like, it's actively bad. I think it speaks volumes that on the preview we didn't know this match was happening. Like they didn't think, oh, let's tell people it's Asuka and Bailey tonight. Are they,
1: are we. Care more about this than they do, like considerably
0: so. Yeah, because me and Hamlet said, and I know they're sort of doing it with the Shinsuke, Seth Rollins feud, but I was like, you've got E.O Sky versus Asuka. That's a big match, right? And potentially a really good match. This match lowered my expectations of yeah. it. So why not instead of this, just have EO Sky and Asuka shout Japanese at each other? It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing when they do that because it's real. That's why baffling. Uh, main event time, sort of. I suppose, technically, that was the match main event. Uh, but the main event was the Grayson Waller effect. Funny yeah,
1: that was quick, after all of that rock talk.
0: Yeah. Uh, with John Cena, uh, Grayson Waller starts off by saying, well, what a dream it must be for John Cena to be on my talk show. Uh, he says, despite all the success in the ring and in the movies, uh, his star is fading quicker than his hairline. Huh? I, great, again, not in the same way, but if Austin Theory had said that, I'd have groaned. Grayson Waller says it, I was like, oh, what a guy. If Grayson w- Waller said it,
1: you would say something like, mate." <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> you all right. If I was awesome in theory, I've oh, got the wrong button.
0: I can't find the button. we have
1: completely it? botched it. Let's move on.
0: Oh. There we go. Very good. <laughs> Where even is it? Oh, Grayson Waller. Hey, 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 you all right. Here comes Cena. Here comes the GOAT. Uh, But he doesn't say anything, basically. Every time Grayson Waller seems to leave a gap for Cena to talk, he talks over him because he's a prick. Uh, You need to be more like me, says Waller. You need to sit back and let stars shine. Uh, But you have to make everything about you. Um, You got back in the ring at payback, not as a competitor, but as a special guest referee. Um, You've been lying to the people. Um, You don't actually want to be an in-ring competitor, There's no doubt you're the greatest of all time, but you're not the greatest right now. Austin Theory beat you at WrestleMania. Um, Cena fires up at this. He takes off his shirt, goes to speak, but before he can do anything now, he's interrupted by Jimmy Uso walking to the ring, and he squares up to John Cena, uh, and Cena goes to say something, and this time, Jimmy Uso snatches the microphone out of his hand. Uh, He calls... Grayson Waller, Kangaroo Jack, says no one wants you here, John. Uh, The crowd disagree by chanting Cena incredibly loudly. Um, But Jimmy's here to tell Cena, either get out of my ring or fight me. Um, Solo Sokoa's music hits. Solo Sokoa. He comes down with Heyman. There's a stare down between uh, Solo Sokoa and John Cena, first of all. Oh, my God. Oh, God, give us a give please. Give me a break. Solo is a mid-carder. He looks like uh, he's going to... Well, Jimmy's very excited because he's like, yeah, Solo's going to get here. And then, of course, Solo spins around and grabs Jimmy. Uh, and it looks like he's going to Simone spike him. But he swerve, attacks John Cena, super kicks him. Uh, Solo and Jimmy beat up John Cena. Uh, AJ Styles' music hit. He ran down to the ring and attacks Jimmy. Cena hoys Solo out of the ring uh, AJ hits a Pele kick on Jimmy Uso. Cena hits the five-knuckle shuffle. He looks like he's going to hit the attitude adjustment, but Solo pulls Jimmy out to safety. AJ and Cena stand tall to close out this surreal episode of SmackDown.
1: Yeah, very surreal, and this uh, Jimmy Uso are, continues to be demented. I have absolutely <laughs> no
0: idea what they are trying to achieve
1: with it. No. All I know is that they are not achieving those things. Um, I tell, there's a few things that have converged to make the bloodline finished. Like, that twist was so, like, eighth season of the prestige drama. Not that it's a prestige drama. It's just an analogy where it's like, right, uh, the natural end point to this story has expired, but we're getting more money. Yeah.
0: That's wrestling in a nutshell, basically. Like, they kind of have to do this. Um, And it's August, and we really need to get this to April. Yeah. And we have to try and keep Jimmy and Jay kind of separate because we're circling back to that in probably about February. Yeah, so there's, not, so
1: there's the looming sense that whatever they are doing isn't important until we get to a point where it has to start happening. The twist itself that has led to this point, whatever wherever we are, I still don't know, was poor. Jimmy Uso does not have the same crowd reaction that Jay Uso has. Nope. He's not as good, quite frankly, as Jay is. Putting him in the ring with Cena most weeks just tells you how big the gulf is, which uh-huh. isn't helping Jimmy at all. Like he's not getting any kind of rub here, he's just getting outclassed. He just feels so lesser than than Cena. Whereas I think Jay Uso might still feel like a star. Yeah. Jimmy just doesn't. And the character arc, what? <laughs> <laughs> if he's he's not a baby face because he turned on his brother. He says that the reasons were altruistic, but they're not. And that's the that's the heat, I think. He's a clown. He is a puppet who doesn't know the extent to which he's being controlled, I think. I, I don't get it. No. All I know is that he's a clown. All I know is that when he looks like, oh, look, I'm back in the bloodline. Solo's just done this. And then, oh, actually, I'm not. He just looks like a loser, mm. a complete loser who's got no clue what's going on I, Like, is, is a heel he's n- is, there's nothing that gets actual heat here mm-hmm. he's not this evil mastermind who's done something unconscionable and turned on his flesh and blood to pursue his individual ambitions so he's not that because he doesn't know what's going on and it's like is he like is it meant to be Oh, you rat bastard. Like, you turned on your brother, and for what? You don't even get the spoil. You're, you're a rubbish heel then. Mm. You're thick. You don't <laughs> know what's going on. In the ring, in singles
0: matches, you're boring. They've they've
1: finished themselves off
0: you. I completely agree. You know my feelings about the Bloodline storyline. I adore it. But I completely agree that I have no. I was even when I was keeping up with this. I was, I was genuinely thinking, I'm really glad I'm not in work to talk about this because I don't know what I'd say. I don't even know how yeah. to break it down, right? But I'll tell you right now: in March and early April, when we get the video package for Roman and Cody and Jimmy and Jay and all this, I'm going to say this is Oscar-worthy cinema because I can guarantee you, right? I'm <laughs> I can guarantee you right now. Between, I'd say, when was SummerSlam? August. August the what? Does it matter? Yeah, because I want to try and get the dates right here. So SummerSlam was August 5th. Too early for SummerSlam. Yeah. Late August for me, right? August 5th was SummerSlam. So from, cause you out and I'm out to August. Yeah, it was August 12th. It was the August, uh, whatever it was. The last SmackDown, basically before I went off to, I have a baby. Well, I didn't. and louise did. But I helped. Um, I remember that was the last show I reviewed. I came in, did the SmackDown review, and then it all kicked off, basically. At the weekend? Yeah. So, what would it have been? The uh, 16th, or 15th. 14th, I think, of, of, uh, of August. That was great. Loved that, SmackDown. You were out, I'm out, too. Great. Loved all that. From August 14th, to whatever Date Survivor series is, none of that's making the video package of anything Bloodline related. Oh, they God are just no. just killing time here things and like... it's destroying Jimmy Uso's character. Yeah, completely. Yeah,
1: it's not like they're spinning their wheels and not doing anything. They're doing things that, to me, make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Uso is like... I don't know if this is all in service of it making seem like... I forget Jimmy Uso. He's, he's, it doesn't. It doesn't really count. Roman Reigns is still tearing the family apart and manipulating people to the point where is he trying to run Jimmy down so that, all right, you've got aspirations to think for yourself and make your own decisions. Uh uh, that won't do. But that's at the expense of any kind of agency or credibility that Jimmy Issa has as a character. So the whole. Bit was you can sympathize with Jay because you know he's getting manipulated and he's probably a better person than that.
0: Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> the rock's back there, so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown, on X. Uh, at what culture WWE? Watch, well, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcast. Me and Sid will be back later on today to preview Monday Night Raw and review AEW Collision a little bit later as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.